What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. I'm going to kick it off today with some fun stuff, bringing on some things that I I love dearly. If you watch the show, you pay attention, you know I love jujitsu. I love business and marketing talk. And I actually like LinkedIn. And that is the, the common fabric between uh, my, my, my guest and myself today. So we're going to shake it up and have a little fun. Uh, Ryan Kovac will be joining us shortly. He's been on the show before. We did a full hour uh, a couple months ago just talking about jujitsu and business and understanding how to respond to pressure. And jujitsu does a really great job of training one to uh to uh be prepared for that kind of situation especially given the shit that's gone down over the last 18 months ryan will be joining us shortly from texas he's in a meeting right now um but before we bring in my other guest who's appearing for the first time i'm going to share in place of the message of the week the linkedin post that kind of sparked this conversation and is why we are here today is something that ryan put up and it's actually quite funny i wish you guys could see this but it was a it was a screenshot of a of a um a Twitter post by an MMA fighter named Tanner Bozer. And he said, after I lost to Gagne, my third cousin sent me a Facebook message with a bunch of advice, quote unquote, telling me what I should have done to have won the fight. Anyway, if an Gagne wants to fight, uh, to, wants to hire him in preparation for the bout with Gagne, his name is Sean and he sells car parts and has never trained. <laughs> and, and Ryan just like shared that and said, ever heard an amateur say, this is how it should be done. And and that just spawned a bunch of funny comments, both, uh, you know, comical and serious. But it, it does bring to light some some important things we need to consider um, as we're we're as budding entrepreneurs, as as uh, business owners in the thick of it. Um, you know, it's, it's always important to bring a certain amount of self-awareness into the mix if you want to really be successful. So with that. We're going to welcome to the show Frank Peppy. I said that right? Yep, said it right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm straight up going to be like Frank Pepe, like Pepe Lapu. <laughs> Frank Peppy, and you're you're uh, you're in Pennsylvania, correct? Yeah, just outside of Philly in the suburbs. So good. It's, it's, so Eastern Standard Time. I think Ryan's. It's not Ryan's lunch break, so he's still in meetings. So he'll be joining us. Um, shortly but uh yeah th- this post really sparked some 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 you know good comments both both comical and and kind of serious um we'll we'll dive into that a little bit more when uh ryan joins so just to start why don't you give us a little bit of background i know we've gone back and forth and talked about this very moment hopping on the air and talking about jujitsu you're yourself trained as well and you're also in business so give us just a little a little background information on yourself for context yeah, yeah. So uh, I've just recently been getting really involved in LinkedIn in about the last year. I had been on there for a while, but just kind of saw it as this tool to connect with other people and just make great connections. And, you know, obviously, you know, going on your show is a great opportunity. Um, my background's been mostly in training. And before that, I was a, a teacher. Uh, so, I, you know, my big thing is just being in front of people, sharing knowledge and, you know, coming together and, and you know, connecting. Um Outside of that, I've been doing jujitsu now for two years, and uh, it's completely opened up my world to a different perspective. Um, I, I'd say personally, my confidence level has gone through the roof, uh, but I also think it's just really interesting. You know, I was always a team sports guy before this. I could have played football and rugby and stuff like that. And now the differences with playing like an individual sport uh, just opens up so much more for like for me, mental health um, benefits and, uh, 
uh, just just a lot that it's done to kind of expand my world. So that's kind of where the spaces that I'm in. I also do a lot of writing, you know, on my blog too, just kind of for fun. Um, that that point you you just made about you know jujitsu versus like the team sports really ties into that idea of like self awareness, right? Like you you really get to uh, understand yourself a little better when you do something like jujitsu or golf is the same way. I'm not by any means a golfer, a good golfer, but I've played probably like a hundred rounds or something like that. And you're just like, you're like, damn, I suck. There's no team to like, like you have to hold the responsibility for your own actions. And you're like, this is awful. You know, when guys are like, yeah, I did like, I, I, sh- I shot like 78, 79. I'm like, yeah, me too. On the front nine. I did. Like, you know, it's like, I'm just like <laughs> doubling everybody else's score. Um, and, and, and jujitsu offers that regularly. And I think that's really important. Like if you're a teacher, like really understanding the boundaries of, of, what you can really offer somebody. Cause especially if you're working with kids, like, man, they can sniff out your bullshit real quick. They're like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about, you know, and you want to be credible. Like it, it, I, I think whether, I think no matter what your goal is, whatever you're trying to accomplish, cause I work with people that are in nonprofits. So they're not, they're not trying to like be an entrepreneur necessarily, or like, you know, start their own business. They're, they just have this dream and this goal and they want to facilitate it. And I really think people's participation in what you are, are trying to pull off comes down to trust. And, and when they can sense that you're like, you're a real dude, you're like, okay, this is what I'm capable of. This is what I'm not capable of. This is what I'd like to accomplish. Let's let's give it a try. I feel like you get a lot more trust from people, which encourages long term commitment versus short term. Where it's like, oh, I'm with this guy for a little bit, and then if you're you know you're in training, you know it's constant. It's like a meat grinder, man. And you're just like, can we just settle on like a group of people? It's really hard to get anything done that way, right? Well, that's funny you bring up trust because that I was thinking about that the other night when I was at jujitsu. I was just talking to my mom about jiu-jitsu and she's like how do you know that someone's not just going to go rogue and like intentionally hurt you especially if they're, they're tying you up right and i was like the fact that there's been so many times where that could have happened and it did not happen just builds that trust massively you know to, to literally have your neck extended and someone doesn't hurt you um that builds a lot of so much trust and and you know kind of going back to the sports situation there too with, with a team you know atmosphere atmosphere People are coming in and off the court all the time. And even if somebody makes a mistake, it's so much more transient. Mm-hmm. And then I think with jujitsu, it's just so much more permanent, so much more obvious that here's here's me literally sticking my neck out, uh, giving you the opportunity to hurt me and you're not, you know? Yeah. And I think that kind of translates to business too, where, you know, we're all taking up each other's time when we're networking, right? I'm, I'm showing to X person that I'm spending time with that, you know, I don't have this time booked up otherwise. And I'm hoping that it's a good interaction. And uh, same thing for them. We're, we're you know, trying to do what we can to build value for each other and help each other grow our businesses and, you know, do something that we can actually, you know, make money off of or benefit from. Right. Right. Like I was saying, it doesn't have to be money monetarily based. It's like it's just about like value and the benefit. So, you know, I had the fortune my first uh, my first several years of training to, to train under a black belt that was like really hyper focused on that. I'm like, it, it's funny because I, you know, I've been in business for a long time and I didn't understand these concepts of like value and and benefit and um, leverage. 
And I, you know, I would hear the terms in like podcasts or reading business, you know, articles or whatever. And I'm like, I kind of don't know what they mean, but I'd like, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw those terms around in conversation because I was like, I have no fucking idea what it means, but I learned it through jujitsu. And I don't know if this guy knows it, but he taught me so much about business. I mean, he owned his own school. So he, you know, he had some understanding of it. Um, but one of the conversations that came up, the place had, you know, Muay Thai and jujitsu as, as mm-hmm. a lot of places do, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we noticed the turnover in Muay Thai was really high. Like people would come in maybe for six months and then they were out. Often people were there for less than that. You know, it was, it was definitely like easier to access early on. You could see it, you could watch it. And you were like, okay, I can execute some of these things where you're looking at grappling and you're like, I don't know what, it's just like people rolling around on the ground, you know? And an interesting part about why people, you know, he pointed out why people stick with jujitsu and it really becomes like a cultural thing in their life. They're like, oh, I, I am jujitsu now. You know, you hear a lot of guys say that like jujitsu. There's a guy on LinkedIn. He's got a He's also got a um, Instagram handle called Jujitsu Save My Life. Um, okay. It's it's really great, and both both of his accounts are awesome. But uh, yeah, that kind of mentality where it just like takes over. And and he was saying, you know, the commitment level is so much greater in something like jujitsu. To your point, like you have to trust. Like I'm going to loan you my arm, <laughs> so you can practice this technique, and it adds value to your life. You get the benefit of knowing, like, hey, if I was in a self defense situation, I get to practice this thing, and I'm trusting that you're not going to break it, <laughs> so that we can do it again, and then I get to do it to you, and we have this mutual respect. I'm like loaning my body and and further that the contact is so close right like you are like you're, you you know everybody's breath smells like what their sweat tastes like you know it's like you know everything about this person at that point and so it's just this like maximum amount of trust that you don't see in most other interactions in your life and he was saying that's why the commitment level is so high because people once they like do it they're like yes and, and it's like to answer your mom's question, it's like you create those bonds with those people and you don't have to speak about it anymore. You know, you like walk in the room and you're like, I know with like these 27 people, I will be safe. You know, if there's an injury, it's going to be an accident. Accidents happen, you know, but it's not going to be like some ballistic ape shit movement and some guy ripped your, you know, snapped your neck or ripped your arm or whatever. Um, yeah. And, and, I, and I, I'm always like now looking for ways to mirror that, as you said, you know, in, in like business or, or whatever the other goals that, that we're trying to accomplish in life are. And it just, it, I think it goes so much farther. When Ryan joins, like he'll really pipe in, in terms of like how that applies to marketing. Cause that's like the thing that he does. And, and he really takes those, he is a black belt. Um, so he's, yeah got like he's really got that mentality and applies it to there um i'm wondering if you can cite like within your own occupation right now like ways that um that that those concepts like those more philosophical concepts in jiu-jitsu have helped you be better at what you're doing now yeah well like i said i'm in i'm in the training world um so it's a bit different you know but i guess you know the, the thought that was coming to my head when you were when you're talking there is just the like respect factor along with the trust right the amount that you can just respect somebody you know whether it's somebody you know a few belts lower than you and they're just trying their best you know just to stay alive uh or it's somebody that you just see their progress like we've got a few guys at my gym that you know started a little bit later than me and that you know they've honestly passed me just because they it's clicking quicker for them right so there's just that respect factor that you get from different types of people when you know you're 
you might know that you can tap them out 10 times in a round, but you just see them keep getting up and getting after it. There's just so much respect there. And I guess the way that that ties for me to training is, you know, especially in, in the world of training that I've done uh, and then back to teaching too, you know, people don't always pick up on content quickly. People don't always learn material quickly. And sometimes you just have to keep trying different approaches and the ones that are able to, uh, you know, persevere, right. Just, just like in jujitsu um, are the ones that, you know, even if they don't understand it initially, they're willing to try and they're willing to put in the effort to learn it. They're willing to put in the effort to, you know, improve whatever it is that they're doing. Um, you know, I think that directly correlates between the two. Nice. So like your experience as like an upper belt working with lower belts helps you understand that pro- process a little more. Cause I know with like, if you're working for like a, you know, like a, a, a state, or citywide um, Department of Education program, right? There's like high pressure on you to like make these results, and you're working with like this confined curriculum, and like we need to see these numbers, and that kind of that kind of sucks. It's almost inhuman, you know. So for you, you're saying it gave you like this other avenue to like get inside people's head and help them be their be their best self. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I think the patience aspect of it then too is part of it. Because if you that's that's always been my perspective from a teaching perspective too, right? Like with my students specifically back when I was teaching, you know, as long as the effort's there, that's really all I care about. As long as I tell you want to learn and you're trying, that's really all I care about, right? Like, you know, if you don't remember this tiny little detail from, you know, I, I taught history. If you don't remember this tiny little detail from history, it doesn't matter. But if you are putting in the right systems to try and learn, try and organize your notes and try to, you know, do the right things. That's what matters. Big time. Awesome. All right. We're going to have to take our first break. My phone's ringing too. I forgot to turn my ringer off. Sorry about that guys. And uh, we'll be back in just a minute. So everybody hang tight. We'll be right back. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern, on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. you a conscious co-creator are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness i'm sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant and on my show the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity we will touch upon all these topics and more listen live at our new time on thursdays at 12 noon eastern time that's the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity thursdays 12 noon on talkradio.nyc Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
Welcome back, everybody. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox, speaking today with Frank Pepe and soon to be joined by Ryan Kovac, who again has been on the show. Uh, if you missed the first portion, we were talking about um, self-awareness, how jujitsu and martial arts training in particular uh, helps create that based off of a post that Ryan put up on Twitter about uh, someone offering, my old instructor used to call it unsolicited advice. <laughs> he was like, you could be a badass, but nobody wants to hear it. If it's like, if they don't ask for your help, don't offer it. Like people really, first of all, need to work through their own shit, right? Like that's when you, you know, from training, like when somebody gets it themselves, you put out like a, a you know, kind of incognito trail of crumbs, but they like get the aha moment, they'll retain that information where if you're like, no, put your hand here. No, do this. Touch your toe. Da 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 da. And you you hold their hand through the whole process, right? The the, the information doesn't sink as deep. They don't they don't own it the same way they do um, when they kind of figure it out themselves. Um, and, and you know the thing that I found interesting, and I think Ryan, like Ryan didn't say it in his post, but I've seen a bunch of his other content before. He was trying to say is like, hey, all you motherfuckers on LinkedIn, like telling everybody you have the answer, like calm down right like we've all like i get these dms all the time and I, I get it on instagram too and occasionally on facebook but nothing like linkedin where it's like we'll fix your yada 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 and i'm just like bro man calm down like you know the world isn't built that way i don't know do you follow gary vaynerchuk at all i do i do yeah. so he posted something the other day similar he's like there are like all of these fools out here saying like Earn, earn, you know, a million dollars after like that three month course. He's like, it doesn't work that way. Like, please get the fuck out of my face with all of this. Like, you know, just this garbage. Um, it's it's the grind, and that's the other thing I love about jujitsu is that it it proves that it's like incremental progress. You were talking about that in the first segment with your students. You know, it's like if you see the the drive and the passion for learning. You know, that's so much better than a guy that's in there like, yeah, I know, I know. Like, yeah, yeah, you don't know shit. Um, but it, it's just like climbing this rope, you know, like this. You know, that's what it really feels like. That's what jujitsu definitely feels like. I mean, but I'd say most of the time jujitsu feels like you're sliding down the rope and you're just trying to like hold back, get back to where you were. That's what it feels like for me most of the time. Um, yeah. But uh, but business, uh, for sure, you know, there's like very few people that skyrocket and, and leap and bound. Um, do you get a lot of those those crazy DMs yeah. and yeah. those silly posts? Well, it's it's just funny because I feel like, you know, obviously a lot of it's self-promotion, right? People are just trying to get their name out there and whatnot. But there are a few on, on LinkedIn. And I, and I love LinkedIn. I don't want to, you know, sound like we're bashing it. But uh, no, no, not at there all. are a few on there that all it is is just same shameful self-promotion of like, look how great I can be. Look how great I can be. And uh, sometimes it just gets to the point where it's like, I don't even know what you're selling. Like, I don't even know <laughs> what it is that your product is. And, you, and you know? And, and the other realization I've had is so many times with those people, they don't have any substance to what they're talking about. It's, it's almost like we're, I'm just going to be coaching you to coach you, right? Like, um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that uh, that meme online of the two Spider-Men pointing at each other. You know, they just like, you know, have the exact same. It's like a common one that people have used for different things, but it's two Spider-Men and they're just like, you know, they just found each other, Right. Uh, and they're the exact same guy. And I feel like that's so much of what LinkedIn can be is just coaches coaching other coaches, you know, just pointing at each other, how I'm going to coach you and I'm going to coach you. 
And it's funny that like backseat driver thing with, you know, going back to the, the UFC, uh, you know, perspective is, is like everyone's an expert until they really get on the mats or everyone's yeah. really an expert until they, you know, can really run a business and, and grow that and not just, you know, be doing it out of their kitchen, you know? <laughs> it's funny. I'm in the food industry. So there's a lot of, I know a lot of, a lot of people that are like, working out of their kitchen and they're like, Oh yeah, I could do this. And it's, you know, it, unfortunately it happens to a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of chefs. Um, I, I had uh, a woman on recently, uh, Alicia uh, Butler Pierre. And, and we kind of stumbled upon the, the, this notion that, you know, especially in the entrepreneurial world, um, a lot of them come from creative backgrounds. So you like, you've got people from like, the culinary arts, music, you know, visual arts, photography, whatever, you know, because it, it you know, starting your own business and, and going down this path requires a certain amount of creativity. I think, you know, unless you're buying just like franchises, which is totally valid and, and, a, and a good route to go. But if you're not, you know, you really are. These are people that are not averse to the gray area. We're like, oh, yeah, we're used to the blank canvas and making this happen. And how that doesn't always translate to growing your business, because that is much more about strategy. And it's like, you know, you use one strategy to get the doors open and get the thing put together. But it, it often requires a different skill set to, to get to the next level. And a lot of people don't understand that. And that's why you see like these guys who are amazing in the kitchen or amazing in like, um, you know, like I've, I've had all these kids that came from like culinary school to apprentice. And I'm like, you've never worked in a real kitchen a day in your life, have you? <laughs> they just all have been in like these beautiful test kitchens where everything's available for you. And I'm like, dude, this is the Marine Corps of, uh, you know, of, of the food industry. Like you, you rub two sticks together and you, and you try to make a spark. And I think that really is the distinguishing factor, even for people that are within an industry. Like clearly like this guy on the post is like, you know, he sells car parts, you know, is like no relation at all. That's like, you know, and I, I don't know if you saw it and never just responded like your, 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 your shirt says UFC, but your belly says KFC, like, you know, like somehow completely removed, but then, you know, even people that are within the industry, they, they talk about certain aspects that they haven't quite, uh, haven't quite been through yet. So you've got guys that are like, I'm going to chef, I'm going to open, you know, a restaurant. I got this. I know what's going on. And you, you get in over your head and you're like, it, it's a completely different skill set. Um, and it's like the belt system. You know, I, I started to compare, um, I'm a purple belt now. And mm -hmm. I, I compare like my, my pace and my place in, in my, you know, business journey to like the belt system and, and you acquire different skills. So it's, so, so it's like, yeah. You know, what gets you a blue belt, that same uh, definitely is a different skill set. Um, I guess like the drive and ambition carries over. But like what gets you your blue belt is not always what gets you your purple belt and so on down the yeah. line. So you have to make these adjustments. And I've always like I just love the interplay of those two. We should change the name to show. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what yet, but like we just talk about it so much. And uh, yeah. You know, I've had like I had Gregor Gracie on recently. I actually train um, with him and some of his guys in the city sometimes, and like he he connected the two beautifully. You know, just mm -hmm. business, jujitsu, it all. You know, it's just all. Both are a reflection of life, in a way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, kind of like we were saying before, just like the coming back from circum from negative circumstances or whatnot, like. Uh, you know, for, for me, it's it, the biggest thing that I think I love about jujitsu 
is when I come home from like a really rough day of work and I have all these worries spinning around my head about, you know, my daily life or about the job, any of that kind of stuff. And then you go to jujitsu and there's a 200, 250 pound guy trying to choke the, the hell out of you. Uh, a lot of those problems go right out the window, right? And it's such a great mental health thing. And there's been so many times where before before class, I'm like, I don't know if I want to go. I don't know if I want to go because I'm thinking about all the worries that are going on in my mind and whatnot. And then I go. And invariably, every time I come come home from the gym, I might be banged up and a little tired. But every time I come out, I'm like, I'm so glad I did that. I feel so much better. And, and those worries are just gone. They're just gone because – you know, your sole focus is in the moment and trying not to get squished, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it, it's just a great reset. It's like, it's not that the situation has gone away, but you're just your perspective on it changes. Um, yeah. You know, Gregor talked about that on, on his show. He was like, you know, it's one thing to go running or like go lift weights, but you're easily, it's, there's no dynamic problem solving. So it's very easy to just continue to focus on that thing and in your own head, like nothing has changed. You're still like, yeah, you're working out. You're getting some endorphins uh, going. But like you're still able to just stay stuck in your your previous mental state than, you, you know, from when you started training. And you, you still could have like anxiety about the situation. And like the jujitsu is totally different because like you said, inevitably be that, there's going to be that big guy or that better guy. You're just like all you can do. You can't have your phone. You know, when you're running, you could stop to take a call and be like, oh, shit, this situation is still happening. Or you can be checking your phone in between sets while you're lifting weights on the mat. Sometimes you can't even have water. And it's just like, <laughs> yes, serious. Yeah. Like, this is so serious. And you come out and you're like, what was what was that thing that I was thinking about? Like, not a problem yeah. anymore. Yeah. Well, and that's the funny thing, too. You know, with, with jujitsu and I guess with business as well is, you know, you, you'll find yourself in a, in a bad spot and make a move to try and get out of it. And you might find yourself in an even worse spot, or you might find yourself in another bad spot that you, you know, so I haven't mastered yet the ability to think three steps ahead in jujitsu. I know that's probably coming down the pipeline for me. Uh, (laughs) We all hope, right? (laughs) But it's the same thing as it pertains to business, right? If if you're taking an approach to one aspect of what you do, and then you're like, all right, this is how I'm going to avoid that problem or or correct the problem for the next time, you might end end yourself up in a completely different problem that may even be be worse, right? Um, So that's something that has occurred a lot for me recently is, you know, Sometimes making a move, you know, might even put you in a worse spot. So you got to really be calculated and have the strategy down and know what you're doing. And you said it earlier, like patience is one of the big things you learn. And that's what I think more than anything prevents that that knee jerk response where you're like, OK, this is an uncomfortable situation. But earlier today, I was in an uncomfortable situation, too. This guy's knee was on my sternum. And I was like, yeah. I know if I move this way, it's going to get worse. If I move that way, we're done. But like you stop and you take your time to think. And then if you practice that muscle enough, it, I think it will definitely show up uh, mm-hmm. in, in other not and not just in business, you know, personal relationships and things. And, and the, the point, yeah. again, is just like maximizing the benefit, reaping the value, you know, like really like, OK, this is valuable. And then being able to share that. Mm-hmm. And I think you just made me think if we have a second. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, you just made me think. I think we had commented back and forth once, and I said something like, uh, escaping neon belly has, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> for me. So I don't know how much your listeners are familiar with, you know, the, the details of jujitsu. A lot of them are. A lot of them know what you mean by that. <laughs> I had this realization probably about a year into my jujitsu journey where 
I started to realize that like being stuck in a bad position doesn't always mean that you need to just panic and, yeah. and, and spaz, right? Like we always talk about the, the, spaz, the people who spaz on the mat. And there was one guy in particular who, who his neon belly was just crushing, right? And I would just kind of spaz and freak out to try and get out of that position, right? Because it sucked, right? And then I realized that if I can hold it and just be patient and take my time and wait for him to make the mistake, I knew how to exploit it, right? So I, I learned to get comfortable in that sucky, uh, uncomfortable state and then wait for them yeah. to screw up. And then that's just something I think from an overall perspective just taught me a lot. Sometimes you just got to stick in the suck and sometimes you just have to be there and wait for the the clouds to open up and then you've got the sunshine. Another reason to train daily, just practice that, that ability to endure the suck for sure. Yeah. All right, we're going to take another break. We'll be back in just a minute, everybody. Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. UK time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Guys, we're going to hop right back into it, talking with Frank Peppy here. Hopefully, Ryan makes it. I know he's in a meeting, but either way, we're going to have a great time. 
One thing you said earlier, uh, it really sparked a, a, a bunch of conversations I've had. So I train at Hensel Gracie Academy now in Manhattan at his headquarters. And, and he's around often. And, and, you know, we have a lot of conversations. He's just a character. If you've never met him, like you should, because he's just a trip. But he's he's been involved in all these crazy things. Like, you know, he he's an, an investor in and and a, and a founding member of like a bunch of promotions, you know, and um, it, but like involved in like monetarily in so many crazy things, and he just gets information on, in so many different avenues, you know, and it's crazy because like his schools. There's like federal agents training there. There's guys from prison. There's like firefighters and cops and investment bankers and just lawyers. It's like everybody's always hearing like some crazy bit of information and relaying it to him. And then he's like this this conduit for information. And um, you know he's tied in closely with the Prince of Abu Dhabi. And one day the prince just looked at him and said, "You're in the wrong business," um, because he, he just he's just like so good at facilitating this information process. And and I and I think about jujitsu in that way. Like jujitsu is almost like it's almost like storytelling, right? It's almost like mythology. Like we're passing down like generations and generations and generations of, of information through movement and through technique, you know, and and, and at some a certain point you don't even have to speak anymore. And it's like, wow, that was like that was really crazy. And I just want to get your thoughts on that as it applies, because you're like, yeah, I'm not in business per se, but I think like you you were in, in like a prime uh, you you're situated you know your position nicely to to take that aspect of jujitsu and and you know because your 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 main occupation is like translating and and sharing information and I just wondered like how how that's affected you and and if you like think about that if you're cognizant of it like when you're training but also when you're working yeah yeah um I don't know. I, I guess I just think like there's when, when you're talking about the beginning of that, about, you know, everything we've mentioned about being right up against somebody and, and battling with them and all that. The thing that I've thought about a lot is like the primal instincts that come out with with training. Right. Like how, you know, essentially we've evolved. Right. And we, we have come a long way from being the animals and the people that have run outside hunting and you're using all of our adrenaline. Um, I think that's what I think is really cool about jujitsu too, is the ability to, you know, channel that adrenaline, that energy to, to stay, stay alive. Right. Uh, then as it pertains to like, you know, the work that I'm doing, I mean, I think from a training perspective and, and conveying that information, conveying those techniques and passing them around, um, I, I have got the opportunity to like lead class in lieu of my coach a few times. Um, so I have actually gotten that opportunity to train a little bit. But even when there's somebody new, you know, coming in and I'm it's just me and them working privately together, uh, it, it's really hard unless you've been doing jujitsu for a while to kind of explain just how, how simple it is, I guess, for me now to, to know how to move. And it's amazing. I was rolling with somebody the other night that, you know, strong guy, you tell he had a sports background, but had no clue of how to just protect himself. And that's yeah. such a core fundamental thing you know i'm on top of him flattening him out and there's just no movement no movement of the lower body no movement of the hips there's almost just like he just was paralyzed and frozen and you know had him inside control uh and it's just funny how how that 
is just a spot for people. So I just, as I'm fighting him, I'm like, move your hips, move your hips, move your hips. And I'm just trying to quickly tell him like the little bits of information just to keep him going. Right. So I even had something to do. So I think the more that we can use that, you know, in a training format and then also, you know, in, in our sports or whatever lives we're in, the more that we can just transmit that information, uh, quickly to people to get them to know like what are the fundamental core things they need just so that they can yeah you know operate every day or in this case like stay alive right those are the things that are cool it's funny you mentioned that because like i'm working with this this like much larger black belt lately um i don't know why like you know i they just asked me to train and i'm like i mean i don't know if it's an insult or a compliment i'm like am i just everybody's restaurant and they're like yeah you can come over here you know they just they just kind of pass me around yeah (laughs) And like this one guy, he's, he's large and he's good, you know, and he gets, he gets on top of me, man, and I just can't move. And it's funny, like, I need the reminder. Like, I know that, you know, is, is like the, the technique. That's the appropriate response. But he just smothers me. And I just like want to give up. I'm just like, I'm a tap from just like Mount. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, this is, <laughs> it's like almost embarrassing, you know? Um, so even along, like along the way, I need that reminder where he was like, so you're trying to shrimp, but your feet aren't touching the floor. And I was like, really? <laughs> you know, like I was under so much pressure. I didn't even realize that. And he was cool. Nope. He was patient with me. And like, what I'm getting from him now is like, we've worked together several times and now he's starting to offer me like little pointers like that each yep. time. And I'm like, okay, maybe he does like, like, like me, maybe he does want to see me get my black belt. Maybe I'm not just like the, the ball and he's the cat and he's like smacking me around, but like, it can definitely feel that way sometimes. So like, you go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just saying that makes it better for me. You know, like that makes it better when I have somebody that I can actually kind of compete with. You know, we had this weird movement for a while at the gym that I train at where for probably about a year, it was just the same five or six of us showing up. And then boom, out of nowhere, we had like six or seven new people. And when those six or seven new people showed up um, for a while there, it was, you know, almost kind of tough because there's so many restaurants. Right. Uh, but then when now they've st- all started to get, you know, at least competent and it's really enjoyable now because it's like, I can see their progression and I'm getting better because every single one of them is at least pushing me a little bit. And that's what I, I think is great. It's great to see that when you can give them little tips and pointers here. And then now it's it doesn't feel as much like, I don't want to say wasted time, but it feels like much more productive. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there's this idea that if you really want to be good at something, you know, try teaching it. And, and you're in a position um, to, to, to grow in that way. Um, I don't know if you, you're familiar with John Danaher or read any of his, uh, like especially his Instagram posts. And he's always saying like, there's a lot of value in spending the majority of your time training with somebody less skilled than you so that you actually yeah. get to really feel right? where they're all, like you said, they're offering some sort of dynamic situation. They're not just like, here's my arm, take it, you know, like they're, they're moving. They're like, I'm going to try at least. And you get to work within that framework and, and still apply your technique where when it's like, like my situation right now, I'm in a room where I'm like, there's so many people better than me. And I'm like, I'll get a submission one day again. Like, you know, my old school, I was definitely one of the higher ranks. And now I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I remember what submissions feel like. I'll, I'll, you know, Fortunately, my wife trains and I'm better than her. And so I, when I just, there you go. Her and I just, I can get my reps and like, I just got 15 submissions and then all the black belts are watching me and they're like, yeah, you will pay for that. Yeah. But, um, but I felt that too, from like a business sense too, right? Like yeah, surrounding yeah. ourselves 
don't necessarily know as much. And I think for me as a teacher, the way that I always felt like I got better and learned more, both teaching and, and now as a trainer, is like I understand the material that I'm teaching better the more that I share it with people. You know, exactly. like I might have a good understanding of it, but then the more that I'm sharing it with everyone else, the better I'm getting. And, you know, I, again, I haven't run a business, so I can't really speak too much on it. But I would assume that the same thing goes for those of you running businesses as well, is that the more that you're able to share and have quality conversations with people about, you know, the intricacies of what you're doing, uh, the more it's going to make you better because you're, you know, you're explaining that and, and sharing it and learning it more as you're transmitting it. For sure. I mean, even just doing this show, I have like I have shows sometimes where like these people come on and they say things that maybe I was aware of, but hadn't put into practice yet. And we're like, they're like, and you know, it's just like training with a guy and you know, he's great at Kimuras and you're like, I know how to do a Kimura, but like this guy's great at Kimuras. And you're like, wow, like this is really beneficial. Like you've exploited this one thing and you've built a game around it. And it's like, it's impressive. And so someone will come on and they, they say something and I'm like, dude, I've, I've heard this for years, but like, I just now, understood what you're talking what that means like it kind of goes to me like a bolt like oh oh yeah and then realize oh i'm not really doing that and like things would be much better uh if i did so just having the conversation is great uh it it really like helps you grow that way uh for sure 100 percent all right we're gonna take one more last break come back and see maybe ryan will come on if not we're gonna kick it anyways we'll be back in just a minute everybody passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. 
All right. Last segment, everybody. We're going to kick it off just right. I got a question for you. You said you're on your lunch break, but it looks like you're at home. Are you, are you working remotely still? So I, every other day I'm in the okay. office at home. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And, and what was the situation uh, with your gym? You say you've been training for two years, which yes. indicates to me you trained throughout the pandemic. Well, I, it's really been two and a half years, I should say. Right. But the, okay. during, when the pandemic first hit, they, you know, the, the gym pretty much closed, I think, for two, three months straight. Right. And then I think around June last year is when he, you know, slowly started bringing people back in. Um, but yeah, it was an adjustment at first for those first few months, like June, July, there was only, you know, a few people that were willing to go back. Um, and then, you know, it started to pick up from there. Right. Um, and then now, like I said, probably over, over the fall, it just exploded. And that's when we have, you know, that, that wave of new people I was talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here in New York, you couldn't open for a while. And so we had like, <laughs> like fight clubs straight up, man. Like one of my buddies had a, an empty apartment. Uh, he was trying to sell it, but you couldn't even, you couldn't do that. You couldn't show or anything like that. So we had this, like, they just finished renovation and couldn't even put it on the market. And he was like, well, fuck it. And we threw some masks down in there. We were just training in this empty apartment, like basements. I trained in a motorcycle shop, like all kinds of weird stuff. And then uh, Henzo's was one of the first places to open back up, which is how I ended up there. They opened back in like January or something like that. Now it's, it's open for now. We'll see what happens, but either way. You know, uh, unfortunately, the school that I trained at prior, prior um, they just closed. They, you know, the landlord was unforgiving and uh, that happened to a lot of places around here. So I'm glad to hear that that um, your place you know, stayed open and you got to continue to train. I remember my coach said uh, back when it all hit, he's, he's like, um, this is pretty much the opposite of social distancing. I said that a bunch of times, like we want to get as close to you as possible. We want to we want to bring it in. So. The, the great part about that, though, is that, um, you know, going back to like the opening, you know, kind of statement of the show is like there's a lot of people that talk, you know, a big game. And, and it's easy to do that under like ideal conditions. So when like there's no resistance in your life and you're able to like if it's training or, you know, run your business or anything like that. Sure, it's easy, you know, to be like, I'm the guy, I can do this. But, you know, when you have like major opposition, major adversity and this, I mean, this year presented it in so many ways for so many industries. And like, it's all the ones that I love and all the ones that I've like spent my time in. So like right now there's a there's a a vaccination mandate uh, in New York City. Like if you want to go out to eat indoors, you have to present it. I just happen to open a restaurant. If you want to work out inside at a gym got to show your vax card and everybody working has to be vaccinated and i'm like in the gym every day and then the last thing is like live events you know and i went to school for music i was a i was a freelancer and a performer for 20 years and i'm like did you just draw my name out of the hat and say like what he doesn't what he does that we're gonna just like i just took it as a personal attack i was like well, yeah. it's not cool man anyways um but but you you know the people that were really committed and really like you didn't know like i didn't know that i would be able to pull this off with my restaurant i thought for sure i was like we're in a cave this is not gonna happen you know like with all the you know we've been able to sit you know we were takeout only then outdoor dining only then we could do a hybrid then it was outdoor only again in like january of all times i'm like really this is awful 
and, and it just keeps fluctuating. And I'm like, I don't know how we're going to survive this. And somehow we just do. So like a lot of people got the chance uh, to prove mm-hmm. it, to be like, I'm not just Sean that sells car parts. Like I'm the guy. Yeah. How much are you in your game? Yeah. When it comes to running a business, right? Cause there's so many that, that have, that have folded, you know, even just in my area and a lot of them are, are shocks, right? It's even places that people have liked and wanted to go to for years. And it's just like, wow. You know, I guess they, they didn't really want to be in the game that much or for whatever reason, maybe they just couldn't make it work. But that's just funny too. Cause you think about, you know, going back to people, you know, playing backseat driver with the, uh, with you know jiu-jitsu and stuff like that it's like you know when adversity is finally shown to you are you going to stay in the game and are you going to actually you know be there and there's so many people that like we were discussing that show up like hot shots like i know what i'm doing uh but when it really comes down to it it's pretty obvious that they they want the glory without the without the sweat to go along with it yeah i mean i've been injured a few times and i like always have trained through injuries and i think that's a good indicator with people when a guy's like oh i hurt my knee i gotta take some time off and i'm like all right i'm like i blew my knee out and i was like i took a couple days off and then i just did like basic class and worked with like kids (laughs) you know but i was like gotta stay in it man because it's too easy once you you know, what we're seeing right now with like the, you know, uh, the recent mandates and executive orders and such that places are shutting down once again. They're like afraid. And what I saw, this was like industry uh, specific with restaurants is like if a place shuts down, even temporarily one time, they're like whatever. They're like something like 70 percent likely to reopen like you most places can weather that storm. If having a little bit of a hard time here, here is, Jeremiah. Is breaking up. Yeah, it happens from time to time. Um, then they were saying, you know, if you shut down two times, you're fifty percent likely to reopen. And then, but if you shut down up to three times, even temporarily, that uh, your your chance of returning is, is probably like thirty percent. And that's what we're starting to see in New York as places that have closed down multiple times for temporary periods to make adjustments and everything, but like it, 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 it's not sustainable. You know, it's, it's going to crack at a certain point. A lot of those businesses are going to disappear, unfortunately. I'm having a little, little bit of a hard bit here. Yeah. I know you were just talking. My, my feed is a little bit, uh, so I'm a little bit, but you know, it's okay, man. Just next time, pay your bill before we start the show. <laughs> that same topic. It's just, uh, uh, it's a tougher when you have to face those adversities and, and, and be right in it versus this you know. so it looks like we lost Frank so we're gonna have to wrap this one up a few minutes early uh it's got to pick uh you know overall um so that, that's that's just something i i'm sorry i can't 
Oh, it's well. We got your we got your audio back, but I can't see your video anymore. Um, but it's okay. First world problems. Uh, if you can hear me, Frank, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show. If you can't, I'll thank you later. The rest of you, definitely thank you for uh, tuning in and listening. And uh, you know. I encourage you all to look for that practice. It doesn't have to be Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, my passion for it. And I've brought on plenty of people who, uh, who, who have this similar passion. It's one of those things that really works. Um, but, but look for that, that thing, that outlet that gives you the opportunity to practice dynamic problem solving that has some philosophical uh, underbelly to it that offers you, you know, the, the mental uh, – fuel you need to to just endure some of these times and it looks like we ain't out of the woods yet people are starting to party and say hey what's all good and, and people circling back around the point is that's life it's always going to circle back around i think it's a fallacy to, to get into this uh, mindset that you know you're going to live a good life and everything's just going to be great like yeah you're going to have some good days and and hopefully the good ones far exceed the bad ones but i think we all need to be prepared constantly uh to to, to battle to battle whatever it is close with one of my favorite sayings it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war take that to the bank you all have a great week we'll see you next week peace out everybody that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Daba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 